You should never feel bad for Dwight's mistakes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is Alex and Brian. And unfortunately, Tiffany will not be joining us this week. She uh, was not feeling it, which is totally cool and totally fine. So she wasn't with us on the, no, she was with us on the last one. It was the Peter episode that she didn't join. Right. So very cool. Um, so Brian, I have a question. Can you rate your can you rate uh your top five senses in order? Rate or rank? Sorry. Rank, I guess. Rank your your top five senses. Oh, um I guess psychic ability would be number one. <laughs> uh <laughs> touch. <laughs> and then maybe sight hearing smell and taste is last or taste doesn't even make the yeah taste doesn't rank top five i feel like i feel like taste is bottom for me but i was gonna put sight really low for me because i have glasses and you also have glasses so surprise mm. sight came what third for you after touch and psychic, psychic ability <laughs> you know when i think of the pokemon it's uh goes touch psychic like I feel people. I I feel like we can't say we have really good sight if we have glasses. But I no, mean, we're not we're not saying. I didn't think ranking it was like my personal oh you're, score. I I was thinking like importance to me. Oh, like the things that I value the most. Oh, Is that okay. Not what I was doing. Oh, if it's importance to me, then yeah, I think I I'm one hundred percent with you. I think that ranking was perfect. Touch, sight. I might I might flip touch, touch and sight. No, no. Sorry, sorry. I don't have psychic abilities. <laughs> so, so you can't mine, have that as part of it. So I think mine would go, mine might go sight, touch, sound, smell, taste. That might be accurate. And I know we're missing, like technically there's more than five senses, but I always think of only the five so you know. are there more what are the others like is like spatial yeah. sense or something like that or what don't remember all of them but some of them are like equilibrium so you like your sense of balance uh your ability to know where your limbs are even without seeing or feeling anything like those are all considered senses what about like your sense of, of like justice or things like that like <laughs> yeah yep what about I mean, for sense? some people sure yeah <laughs> what about your sense of the moon sense of humor mm sense of humor right That's, yeah. sense of humor is pretty tall pretty high for me um i don't have a sense of humor or so i'm told i don't think it cracks top five for me wow. <laughs> <laughs> so hi guys hope you're doing well this week um i don't know where how we want to start or how we want to get into this um what have you two been up to well, we all know how much I like the uh, trading card game magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard. Uh, What's your favorite so, card? You know, you know, Are you usually just open by being like, hey, so-and-so, 
you know, yeah. what have you been up to? Yeah, um, usually, or or we'll do emails, but we have no emails this week. So oh, feel free well, to email us at norefundspodcast at gmail dot com with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, I wanted to talk about how I have uh, I have become a magic expert. You know, self proclaimed, <laughs> not an actual magic expert by watching Brian and Billy, um, friend of the podcast, Billy. And they a new magic set came out. You know, somebody who actually knows magic will talk about this eventually. A new magic set came out, and they've been doing like drafts and stuff, and sealed and uh, on MTG Arena. And it's been very interesting to kind of relearn a game that I haven't really played since like vanilla Magic back when I was I don't know eight or nine back when my brother was really into it and made me mm-hmm. play with him yeah i mean it has been really fun i've been into magic for a while there was definitely a gap you know so i i, I learned probably in middle school then there was like a big gap during high school and college where i played much much less mm-hmm. uh and then kind of after college i got back into it with um people in the area where i live uh local game stores and all that um but yeah it's been fun because like a lot of people have sort of fallen off the train but it's fun seeing billy learn it and i've been excited to like kind of hopefully not talk down to him too much about it or anything but like you know help him out when i can um and sort of see him get excited about it but yeah the new set has been a ton of fun and i'm looking forward to uh some online competition later this month uh so hopefully get some practice in for that so in, in terms of the new set you you said it was like uh like norse mythology kind of themed yeah for sure and dwight might know more of the like tales that it connects to than i do but yes, like Alex it's like vikings most, honestly oh really yeah it's like vikings it's norse gods but like you know off-brand magic versions of the norse gods um yeah. yeah and so the cards have a pretty cool theme and there's a big theme of snow and frost in the set um that's pretty interesting uh and they do a lot of like i i think that in particular the the god cards and the sort of artifacts connected to them um probably the best like theme pieces in the set um but yeah thematically and art wise it's been awesome yeah i i 100 agree i'm also playing it pretty regularly at this point i've got a couple of decks that are in my rotation that i've i started playing um like a month before or restarted playing like a month before this new set came out and i've been going hard on it I haven't done nearly enough drafts and I have lost my skill in drafting. I used to be fine at it and now I'm, I would say bad, um, but it's still a lot of fun and draft is still, I think my favorite way to play it in, in terms of like the limited. My only issue with, with magic sure. online in that sense is you're not, it, it's physically impossible for them to do this, but it's impossible. You're not playing in the same group of people that you drafted with that to me is always like a fun indication of like the skill of the pool of cards as opposed to um you know just 
playing with other drafted decks that are somebody could have you know been in a draft that had mega bombs and you didn't um yeah right and you know but anyways uh my history with magic um this this set's fun in that aspect because it like you said it has a big snow theme and i i the first set i ever bought was um oh ice age i think it was called um so snow lands were a thing back then too so it's like i've come full circle with this one which has been a lot of fun um i also very similar to you brian i kind of went through cycles like i played from like sixth grade up until like beginning of high school i would say which felt a lot longer than it really was because it was only like three years but it felt like all of my life um and then i started up again just after college with avison restored um Mm -hmm. and i played through i think cons and then i stopped until basically now um for those who don't know what magic is, um, which we did not explain. Um, this is a great time to talk about what it is <laughs> after we've been talking about it for 10 minutes. Uh, magic the Gathering is a uh, TCG. Or it's a C- yeah, TCG, technically. Uh, or is it a CCG now? Who knows? Um, collectible card game, trading card game, take your pick. Uh, and it is a game where you have a deck of cards uh, and you use the, this deck of cards to cast spells, create uh, animals or monsters or creatures that attack your opponent. And the idea is to uh, get your opponent down to zero life. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's been around since like 1993. So odds are you've heard of it. If you listen mm-hmm. to this podcast, uh, it's a good time and it's a lot of fun. And uh, Magic Arena has been an enjoyable way of playing it. It's really low barrier to entry. And I don't feel like I need to spend a lot of money on it, which is nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely costs a lot less to get into arena, although it still is a monetary investment. Um, it costs a lot less to play digitally than than in paper, and you don't have to keep track of a paper collection, which is my preference uh, these days. But yeah, it's been cool, and I would not judge your your draft skill based on Caldheim because Caldheim is ridiculous. That's the most recent set that we've been talking about here. Um, it is, I forget the statistic that was given, but it has like two thousand more words of rules text than the next closest complexity of sets. So it's a lot. It's it's a lot to absorb. It's a lot going on. The fact that snowlands are important, it matters in draft, is hard to grasp. Um, I feel, honestly, I really hope Billy sticks with it after Caldheim because (laughs) I feel like if he can learn during Caldheim, every set after this will be like a cakewalk. It'll, It'll be really easy compared by comparison yeah if they release a core set next it'll be a, an absolute joke compared to this it, it's just <laughs> weird because like when drafting usually i can tell where my lane is going to be relatively mm. early on by the end of the first pack um i'll have some sort of idea or i will know the cards well enough that i can um you know make some educated decisions or educated guesses as to what i'm going to be seeing or getting later and now even though i've done probably three or four drafts i still don't feel like i know the cards well enough to care or to be able to decide where i'm going or like the games have been so funky that a card that i thought was terrible i had it in a game like several times like um that three six cat i forget what it's called um yeah I, I had that in the game several times and it did work. It was so good. And every other time that I've been like, oh, that was really good. I should grab that at, in, in a reasonable spot. It's not been as good. So it's just like mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time figuring out if the cards 
are evaluated correctly in my mind or if I'm just totally beefing it. Uh, yeah, it, it's it been super hard to grasp. From everything I have heard and read about it so far, um, this, de- this set, more than many others, is based, like the, the draft portion of it is strange because the common cards are not powerful enough to like to marry yourself to early on but the rares oftentimes are and so people will commit like some people in the draft will commit very early to colors and never get pushed off them while others don't get to commit until like pack two or later to to whatever their colors are so it's a very strange mix of like who's picking what when um and as a result it's like the the cards themselves like the commons because none are like super powerful you end up taking them based on synergy more than like just raw power or anything and so people value them like all over the map as far as i can tell it's it's super strange like I've done the same thing. Like I've kept an eye out for certain cards and been like, Oh, I've seen these come around like last pick. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick it up yet. And then I'll pick it up or I'll, you know, I'll be looking for it at the end of the pack and just never see it again because they're they're all gone or whatever. There's always like those, um, it's that one like rat, that black rat that if you cast a second spell on your turn, it gets a plus one, (laughs) plus one and flying. That one is always one of the last picks. And I think it's a pretty decent card, but apparently it's not. Uh, It's just one of those weird things where I have like weird um, values of things. Um, For reference, the way that drafting in magic works is Mm. uh, eight people (laughs) sit around a table and you have three packs in front of you, three packs of cards. Cards are 15, there's 15 cards in a pack. So you open up your pack and you pick from that pack one of those cards and then you pass the pack either to your right or to your left. And then you keep on picking cards in that fashion until you have picked 45 cards. And then you make a deck which has to have a minimum, a mac, yeah, a minimum of 40 cards in it. Um, and that is, uh, that is including lands. Magic also has lands. So that is about a third of your deck there anyways. Um, and then you bash against each other with these magic cards. Uh, so that's the way the drafting works. And it's called a limited format, which means that, um, everybody who comes to this, uh, is not, it's a limited pool of cards. So you're not bringing outside cards. It's only stuff that you've drafted. You can't have Um, like your own side. I I actually have a question about that. Uh, so do you have to draft enough lands to make a deck or can you bring in lands from outside? So everybody's allowed to take as many basic lands as you want. Yep. Um, one of the reasons call time is weird is because there's a lot of cards that care about snow lands or mana that comes from snow lands. Right. Um, so those are not considered basic. Well, yeah, you can't have as many as you want of snow lands. Uh, and so you have to like learn when to choose them, which is right. part of why this set is harder to draft than than many others. the The term draft, if it helps people remember, just comes from like as if you're you know if you drafted like high school sports teams or that sort of things, like where you're just picking players for your team. Right. as you go kind of thing and take or, yeah, all, so. all, all the students in all the schools line up and then the coaches yeah, just go through draft. Pick. Yeah, yeah like like a fantasy draft or yes. that sort of thing yeah, um 
Yeah, I, I've it's been interesting watching you and Billy draft because every draft ends up being different in some way. Like I remember one time Billy started drafting and you guys were like, oh, I guess this is a snow deck. And he was taking snow lands like first card out of a pack sometimes yeah. because he just needed to have he needed like six or seven snow lands in his deck. Mm hmm. And yeah, I, that, that breaks was, my uh, brain. That breaks my brain to pick up <laughs> to pick a land over even just like a junk rare. Like that like hurts me. Yeah. Part of it is like doing that be because if you think about it, the, the amount of lands that are available is 24 total. Like there are 24 snow lands throughout the entire draft that are that are available, period. So if you're gonna get them like you kind of have to prioritize them higher than you you would think um, because it also pushes people away from those things. Like if you see that the snowlands are missing or you're not getting them, you're less likely to take cards that care about snow. Mm -hmm. And so it, it allows you to get those cards later than, than you would otherwise get them. I need to reteach myself to pay attention to the signals that I'm seeing in terms of that. Like, oh, the snow land's gone. So I either need to start prioritizing them now so I don't get cut off or um, just completely abandon all faith ye who enter here. Um, <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the signals in call time, I would, I would say it's a great set to try and learn signaling in drafts because like that's something I need to work on a lot is, is learning color signals and and what i mean by that is like you can kind of tell by the cards that you're getting what your neighbors are passing to you um, or what they might be taking and so if you're paying attention you can kind of avoid doubling up on what other people are taking and you both get better decks as a result so that's mm -hmm. um yeah and for magic though there is only five colors and so with eight people at the table no matter what there is going to be people competing over coloring and pairs and stuff like that so mm -hmm. it's designed in and of itself to be a competitive um environment from the get-go so man i love drafting it's it's so much fun i still have a box yep. of um Whatever you got me for my bachelor party, Brian. So it's like six years ago at this point. I think it's conspiracy. Conspiracy, yeah. that's conspiracy. it. Yeah, we still need to crack those. They've been sitting in there. I don't know if there's any money in there, I, but. Yeah, probably. I remember saying at your bachelor party, like, I don't play magic, but it's your bachelor party, so I'll do a draft if I have to. Yeah, we got to teach Alex. never happened. Uh, we got to teach you how to play, and we got to teach uh, my sister, Bonnie, to how to play uh, and then we can eventually have enough people to actually do drafts, and that would be a ton of fun. Yeah, especially if we have Billy now. That's we're we're yep. getting there. We're slowly yeah, building up. Close. Out of curiosity, and maybe a way of wrapping up this conversation, do either of you have a favorite magic set? A favorite magic set. That's an interesting question. It is mine. Mine. This is such a maybe bad answer, but it's probably Avacyn Restored. Um, partially because so. Magic has changed so much over the years. Um, one, uh, Avacyn Restored is the set I got back into. And it mm -hmm. was back during when they were still doing what was called block cycles. So it used to be they would release they would release four sets a year. Uh, one set in the summer was always the core set. And then the other three sets were part of what were called blocks. And so um, you would have like, you know, uh, 
the um, Ravnica set. So you have like one set that's based in Ravnica, another one that's based in Ravnica, and the third one that kind of ties them all together. The Avacyn set, uh, and, and it used to, sorry, and it tended to go very large set of like 300 cards and then two smaller sets of like 160, 160, roughly. Um, Avacyn was unique in that it was the third set in a block but it was a large set that could be played by itself. So when I was coming into it, um, it was basically like fresh. And so I was able to relearn on a complicated set, but it had, uh, it was self-contained. So I didn't need to worry about learning three um, sets at the same, at, at once. And then immediately after it came core set. So it was easy to ease myself into everything in that way. And Avacyn, uh, the theming was horror themed. <laughs> Uh, which I, uh, it was a part of the Innistrad stuff, uh, which is the, the name of the full block. But um, Avis, so the storyline was there was this world that was basically overrun by like werewolves and vampires and, and all these evil, evil things. But then in Avacyn, um, all the angels came back and like purified the land. And so it was like the, this end of like a horror movie almost. And I fucking loved it. It was so cool. Uh, one of my favorite cards ever came from that set called the Crater Hoof Behemoth. And the only reason I like it is because I, uh, it's a green card that does big beefy stompy things, but I bought a set of them for like $2 a piece. And that card is worth like 50 bucks a pop now. So it just makes me happy. <laughs> uh, it's, awesome. it's stupid and dumb. makes no sense. Avacyn Restored is definitely my favorite set. Closely yeah. followed by Mercadian Masks, which is a garbage set. <laughs> I I don't know if I have a favorite set. I guess like I don't know. It, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about thematically, I could pick out a few. If we're talking about like favorite draft sets, I could pick out a few that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess. If I was just going to pick one, Unstable probably counts because oh. any of the unsets, I think, are hilarious and I can't wait to see more of them. Um, for for those not in the know, the unsets are like joke sets or parody sets. They're kind of poking fun at the game itself. Um, and it's also used by the game designers as a space to experiment. And so as a result, it's a, they're like off the wall kind of goofy, goofy sets. Um, when I was younger and like, wasn't buying a lot of magic cards and every time i would save up two or three dollars i don't remember how much they were back then uh and i was going into stores i was not buying urza's saga or anything new that was powerful i was buying unglued because i thought they were fucking awesome yeah because they're hilarious yep i think urza's saga is like the main a lot of people's favorites it's considered one of the more powerful ones if i'm not mistaken yeah Um, those packs are worth a lot (laughs) I think my favorite, Brian, what's your favorite uh, set to draft? Because I'm pretty sure mine's, oh, uh, I think mine's um, Return to Ravnica. That whole cycle of the Ravnica, of the the second time they released the Ravnica stuff was so much fun because, at least for me, drafting was very easy because it was all around like color pairs because Ravnica is all about these guilds, which are based around two, uh, two colors. Um, so you'd have like, you know, red, blue or green, white. And so it was very easy to get into a lane. And that's part of the reason why I like that. Yeah. I get, I mean, as far as like, if I was going to just go buy a box of cards to draft, um, I might look for Dominaria or depending on who I was drafting as with one of the early core sets, like would be a lot of fun to teach people with. Um, Cons of Tarkir comes to mind as one of my favorites, like for similar reasons, because you 
you do kind of have easier signals and lane to get into when you're drafting, but also that set was allowed to be a little bit more complex, like just because every deck was expected to be three colors or more, um, which was a lot of fun and very weird. So yeah, I don't know. Call time is definitely up there. I would say like the, the most recent, like two or three sets have impressed, impressed me almost as much as Dominaria when it comes to draft, like, like call time has been awesome. Ikoria was awesome. Um, and then like, before that Eldraine actually Eldraine might be one of my favorites uh, both thematically and to draft um Eldraine was like a fairy tale themed set mm. so you got like cards that referenced Rapunzel Hansel and Gretel you know the three bears Goldilocks all that stuff there's the Beauty and um, the Beast card right too yes there is a Beauty and the Beast card yeah so it, it had a really fun theme um and also when you were drafting it it was built to support um, monocolored decks or single colored decks, which was which is a rarity. You don't see that a lot in draft. Um, and as a result, it, like it felt it felt really cool to like find a monocolor deck playing that set because it felt like something special that you only get to do playing Eldraine. So cool. One yeah. of the things I really liked about um magic uh, arena is when i've come up against a deck that i've found to be like really unique or cool is you can like immediately back out and like go build it yourself and like just with the mm. ability to like rearrange things and kind of mess with them that's been a lot of fun too so magic arena sure. join it and play with us and draft <laughs> i wish there was a way to like set up a draft I, i'm sure they they wouldn't do this because of like cheating but like a draft with like your friends so if you got like eight people yeah. that you knew you could like, uh, did you yeah, so Billy was was explaining he found a tool online um, that lets you do that. So I didn't look into if, it, but yeah, if anybody's interested in learning uh, Magic Arena, email no refunds podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and Dwight and I will find you or join the Discord. Dwight and I will find you no matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, and hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well that that I took a that turn. took a turn. Uh, now, but what Brian's I'm, I'm, saying is right, though. Uh, join the Discord. Um, there'll be a link uh, in the uh, the description of the the episode. Um, join it and uh, join on the Magic channel if you want to talk Magic and play Magic. Yeah, it, I don't think people can self join the Magic channel just because we weren't sure how many people would actually be interested. But ping ping a moderator, we'll do it. Yeah. Once again, I, I can't stress the two of you enough. What you've done with the Discord is so yeah, fucking been a lot cool. Of fun. It's so cool. Yeah. It looks so nice. We've gotten some compliments of people who have just like joined it, not randomly, but people who have like found it or have have come in through like some streams or whatever. And it just it they they said this looks so professional. It looks really really impressive. It was like the best Discord they've been in, and like that's seriously something that was said. So, uh, I'm. I'm really happy with how it turned out because it, it feels like people are more active on the discord now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they don't have, it's not as overwhelming because <laughs> they only have the channels that they actually want to participate in. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, that's what has made me happy to see more people active on the discord. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just happy that people are happy. Yeah, for sure. It's been fun to mess around with like 
the tools that are available for Discord moderation and bots and stuff. Um, and I, I do want to keep exploring some because I know like in the health challenge or the health, what is it called? Health and fitness um, channel. There's There was some talk about like motivational tools or bots or like a leveling system or anything like that. Um, and I know that there are bots that you can do like little mini games, nothing like intense, but you collect like coins for doing X, Y, Z, and then you can whatever brag about them to your friends. So yeah, I think it goes I with like Bitcoin and like it that. costs like thousands of dollars to join. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to have a dick measuring contest on discord, but not literally figuratively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a digital one. Digital yeah. Dick. A, a digital dick. <laughs> cool uh, yeah so alex we've rambled on for for quite some time what have you been up to sir what's your favorite magic the gathering <laughs> yeah what's your favorite magic uh, gathering set and what's your favorite color in magic um well my favorite color is obviously green that's a color question mark i i remember so my my experience with magic if we're gonna go into it mildly <laughs> is I played with my brother when I was like eight question mark. Um, and he was really into it when he was in middle school and he was in chess club with us. Then I never touched it again until my brother came home for Christmas four years ago. And he brought like four decks with him. And one of them was a red deck. One of them was a blue deck. One of them was a green deck. And I think one of them was a black deck. And I really liked the green deck. I think it had something. I think it was like a self mill deck question mark. Does that sound right? For green? I mean, Maybe. green does do that in some sets. Sure. I think it was a self mill deck and I really liked it because there were cards that depending on how many cards were in my hand and how many cards more I had in my hand than their hand. That's green. I could do I could do a bunch of damage to them. Um that was that was what it was all about. It was I was supposed to have all the cards and make sure he had none of the cards. And I liked that. Uh but that's about as much as I've played. I couldn't tell you <laughs> what set anything was. Um I could barely tell you what the colors are i think like blues island question mark black might be swamp mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh greens forest obviously yeah, yeah. red is red mountain white is desert no not quite <laughs> uh white is uh plains it's a sun Planes. Yeah. Yep. The, the symbol is a sun, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, four out of five. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't really play magic. But what have you been doing? So, uh, what have I been doing? Well, about a month ago, <laughs> I watched a movie. <laughs> and that's about all I've done. Um, In one month. It's been a good month. <laughs> It's, it's been a very productive month. So I actually wanted to talk to, about this on the last episode, but, uh, you know, we never uh, actually have time to talk about the things we want to talk about. Uh, just like we talked about on when we talked about um, what we do in the shadows. You and Tiffany wanted to talk about that for like 
like a six, month and a half. Six months or something like that. It was a long yeah, time before we actually it was got a to while. it. And by the time we got to it, our, all of our like fire for it was pretty extinguished. So I watched this new movie called Promising Young Woman. I've heard of that. That came Me out too. last year. And I I originally wanted to watch it because uh, mainly because of the lead actress, Carrie Mulligan, who has been one of my like one of those people that I always I'll watch a movie just because she's in it. Because ever since I saw Uneducation back in 2009, question mark. Tiffany's not here to fact check me like she normally does. <laughs> so uh, one of you has to fact check me. We're flying ever by night I, here. Ever since I saw an education, which I think was 2009, I've been in love with her. I've thought like she's the next big star actress and I've gone out of my way to see anything that she's in. I saw Never Let Me Go, which I thought was like one of the best movies of 2010, 2011. That one, not sure. Um, and I've just always kept up on her career. So I heard about this movie coming up. And then as we got closer to the release, I started to hear a lot more buzz around it in terms of like, it's really good. It's probably going to be an Oscar contender. Carrie Mulligan gives one of her best performances. So I got really hyped for it. Uh, and then it finally came to like streaming services. I want to say at the end of January and it was available to rent. So I rented it and I watched it and it was amazing. Um, so it's directed by or written and directed by a woman named Emerald. But Fennell, Pharrell, Fennell, Fennell. Fennell is what I was going to say, but uh, I don't know how to say your name. I'm sorry. She is listening. Uh, I, I sent yes, this to her. Uh, if she's listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Hope you like magic. It stars Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham and has um, roles for like Alison Brie and Clancy Brown and uh, Connie Britton, Laverne Cox. Uh, There's one other person that's linked in the Wikipedia. Can you get it? <laughs> this is a fun game. It's it's got to be the guy that plays Schmidt on New Kid. No, or New it's Girl. not. Is um I can't remember that actor's name. The guy that plays Schmidt on New Girl is in it. The guy that plays uh, <laughs> oh god, I'm not gonna be able to remember his name. Who's the guy from from uh, Glow that does the arena? Oh, ba announcements? Ba Bosch, Baz, or whatever. Ba yeah, him. He's in it. Needless to say, is that Chris Lowell. Jennifer There's Coolidge a, is the other one that, that's listed on here. Though. Jennifer Coolidge. I'm not even sure I can put a face to that name. Also, uh, the famous actor Christopher Mintz-Plaz, better known to yes. everyone else as McLovin. He is in it for, like, nobody can see my hands because this is an, a podcast. He's in it for about this long. He's in it a for... A Wow, that's huge. A skosh. Wow, he's that's in enormous. It for, he's in it for a baby honk. <laughs> um... But so this movie is about a woman named Cassie who it's kind of um, 
not said what she's doing to begin the movie. The movie kind of starts with her drunk at a bar. She gets picked up by a guy. They go back to her house and the guy starts taking advantage of her and she's drunk and, you know, it's not appropriate. And then it turns out she was faking being drunk and she fucking like beats the shit out of them. And you're, and that's how it starts. And you're just like, okay, what is this movie? And then you slowly start to learn about Cassie's character and like who she is. Cassie played by Carrie Mulligan. And the movie becomes more about like the psyche of people that hold grudges and are out for revenge. And it kind of has that question of, is revenge worth it in the long run is it worth it to hold a grudge against someone um can people grow is it like it has all these questions built up and wrapped up in this weird love question mark story with between carrie mulligan and bo burnham which is a really weird relationship that like blooms through the, through the movie. It's really fucked up. Like there are parts where you find yourself laughing hysterically. And then there's parts where you're like hand over your mouth, like gasp, like what the fuck is going on? It kind of spans the gamut. It's, it was a joy to watch. I've, I loved it. And I I can't recommend it enough to people. I, I honestly, I watched this not long after we recorded our favorite things of 2020. And I was immediately like, no, that's my favorite movie of 2020. <laughs> Did it Did technically it come, come out in 2020? I think it came out in like festivals in 2020, right? Does yeah, that count yeah, as being it, released then? It made the festival circuit in 2020 and actually had a theatrical release in major cities christmas uh of 2020 Hmm. so i think it made like the so before covid really was shook the the earth it made like the sundance can all those film festivals in january and february early 2020 when all the film festivals are and then you know nothing and then it came out christmas 2020 in like major cities boston la Limited you know release kind of thing yeah which i wasn't i wasn't i haven't been to the movie theater in a while so i, I wasn't gonna go yeah. see it but so this uh, one, I, was, I wonder if that came out in my town because even though my town is small they have like there's this theater that's like a little independent theater basically so yeah. they have all kinds of movies that like have limited release yeah are they still doing showings right now? I don't know. I haven't I, looked into it. I know some theaters, and I think we we actually talked about this on the show, but Tiffany and I went to go see Nightmare Before Christmas around Halloween. That was like a private thing that like Tiffany's sister rented out the theater with like a group of people that she knew. Um, so that was unique and different. So I don't know if like they're doing that for newer movies either. Maybe. I don't know. But I've heard Promising but, Young Women is very good. Like I, I like I was saying before the show started, um, two separate movie channels that I watch talked about it in like unprompted within the same week of each other. It was very interesting. Um, so I've heard nothing but rave stuff about it. 
It's it's really good. I was very happy. Uh, I guess it was last week or yeah, last week they announced the Golden Globes nominations for 2020, and I was very happy to see it got four nominations. I think uh, Best Actress for Carrie Mulligan, Best Motion Picture Drama for the movie. I think Emerald Fennell got a writing nomination. Um, and I can't remember what the fourth one was. M- maybe not directing. I don't think, but uh, Alex, it, you're you're the person great. to you're the person to ask this question to. What is award season going to look like this year with the limited amount of movies that actually did come out last year? What is going to happen? Um. Is- so award season is honestly not going to look much different than usual. Because uh, prestige pictures tend to not be like those blockbusters that all got pushed back, you know, a year. The the cash cows for for companies all got pushed back. So we might see we might be lacking in a few, um, like blockbustery categories. Like which the would, special effects or sound which, mixing. Yeah, or, special effects, sound mixing, sound editing. Maybe some scores will be will be, have been lost in the mix. Maybe some huh. cinematography will have been lost in the mix, like Dune. I know Dune was one of those movies that people were saying might get nominated for best cinematography because Denis Villeneuve and I think I think it was being shot by Roger Deakins again. I can't remember for sure. Um, whoever was shooting it. I remember there being buzz about this person could get a cinematography nomination this year, but that got pushed back a year, you know, in, in the Heights was supposed to come out last year. And usually, usually I don't, I haven't been following the movie. Usually when they do movie versions of musicals, they write a new song to get nominated for an Oscar. So I assume they did the same thing. (laughs) Um, So that might've been in contention. I honestly don't know, but for the most part, the big categories aren't going to be much change than what we probably would have expected because a lot of the movies that were prestige movies that are Oscar bait, quote unquote, got pushed into limited runs in theaters so that they could be considered. Hmm. Uh, but what's going to happen to the, the fashion on the red carpet this year? I mean, are they going to, I honestly, I honestly don't know how they're going to handle uh, the red carpet or the in-person award show. I question mark. I like, I <laughs> would hope that they don't meet yeah. in person. Right. I hope they do something like the game awards where uh, yeah. I would, I would love if they do what the game awards did, which was have people call it video call. Yeah. yeah. Have, have people video call in. Don't do much. A lot of the shit that you normally do where you do like sketches and stuff mm-hmm. uh, and just like, give awards and then show somebody on a video call and let them do their acceptance speech and then move on. Um, The the nice thing about that is they won't have like commercials or any horse shit like that, provided they do it online. Like 
Yeah. I guess if I'm, they if they show it on like a major network, then there still will be. But like the Game Awards, I guess, is so unique in and of itself in that half of the draw of the Game Awards is the trailers that are being released yeah. anyways. So it's like the commercials yeah. are tailored to the audience and blah blah right. blah. But they they can have it done in like a half an hour. They just boom 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 right through it. They yeah, won't. I, they won't. They, oh, they they absolutely won't. But <laughs> we can dream. Um. Also, before we get too far away from it. Uh, so it is a movie that like I had heard other people talking about um, and so I am interested in seeing it at some point did you have to like go out of your way to find a streaming service for it so or it's it's a rental right now I know Dwight oh, said it was okay. $20 on it's 20 bucks on Amazon I think on it was. Amazon okay um, it's on pretty much any service where you can rent movies uh, I'm pretty sure like v- voodoo the voodoo probably itunes so, i would imagine as someone who doesn't really rent movies very often yeah digitally is 20 bucks like 20 bucks is on for a new release like, for a new that... release yeah that that's pretty I, yeah i think that's standard for a new release um okay. when i rent i rented um bill and ted oh like because uh, i had to i had to rent it for a, a podcast i was going to be on and when I did that. I think it was like four bucks or something. So like older movies mm. are very reasonable in terms of that. And it was that it, that sounds like what I'm used to. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm whenever I rent a movie, I'm like, oh, I remember this movie from ten years ago. Like I never saw it. Rent, yep. you know, that kind yeah. Of thing. I, I think yeah. that they're the new movies are more expensive. I think Mulan was thirty dollars when that came out. So twenty oh, yeah. is actually I think on the lower end. Um oh speaking of Mulan, uh <laughs> just one sound uh i thought uh, it was fine it was i think fine i guess yeah i think 20 dollars is a fairly reasonable price like we we've talked about it a long time ago at the beginning of uh, pandemic i think up, up, at oh, the beginning yeah. of pandemic I remember this conversation because yeah. the the pricing model tends to be for that they want to price it so it's mildly reasonable for one person but it's it's kind of also it's targeted at groups and families especially or at least it was with onward when like i remember you guys talking about that because onward was one of the first ones that like did that onward was was free though they just put it onto disney plus like onward onward came out in theaters yeah and then it was not free immediately it was on amazon it was a uh, rent. You could rent it on Amazon, and then two weeks later, it was on Disney Plus. It was such a quick turnaround that it has blended together in my mind at this point. Yeah, I mean, mm. all of last year blends together in my mind because I did all the same thing the entire year. It's 2023 <laughs> now, right? Like, it, it's actually 2025. I'm just gonna call it 20XX until we figure out what the hell we're doing. Oh, are we in a <laughs> Mega Man game? Yeah. I remember watching or the opening to Crystalis said the world was going to end in 1997 and 1993 year old me was very nervous about that. (laughs) I remember like um, there was a Super Nintendo game. I think it was King of the Monsters or King of the Monsters 2 that had a uh, it was like the world will end in 1999. (laughs) Like Chrono Trigger did that too. It's like oh 1999 or the year 2000 that's when all this shit happened yeah so yeah everybody should watch promising Young Woman. yeah sorry to get this right in the year 20xx 
Uh, it's definitely yeah. on my list. Is it the kind of movie where you have to go in like kind of mentally prepared for 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 uh, whatever trauma? Some, one of the things I watched had some trigger warnings before it. So, yeah, I would yeah. absolutely. I I have warned people that I know have aversion to um, like sexual assault and just like psychological trauma that this movie's fucked up Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of shit that is covered in this movie that is fucked up and i really enjoyed it which maybe says more about me than i i would like to say but it's compelling i mean it it, it is very compelling but also in a in a mildly sick way at, at some portions like some of the revenge that cassie gets i was like pleased with and some of it i was just like wait was i supposed to be pleased with that or am i a sick fuck for being pleased by that Mm. and i think that's part of what the movie's trying to get you to think uh i definitely wasn't expecting it to go nearly as far as you even talked about in the opening description where you said that she beats the shit out of somebody all of the stuff that i've listened to no none of them have talked about her enacting a violent revenge on someone Um, which in and of itself i was like oh okay i didn't realize it went like that dark i thought it was just her kind of like shining a mirror on what they were doing i Um, I think saying she beats the shit out of them was an overstatement she's like like leaving them bloodied on the floor not even that much like she kind of grabs his head with her 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 legs like a vice and like gives him a verbal lashing and then pops and then just and then just kind of like throws him to the side and leaves okay um it's awesome (laughs) i i just i can't recommend just carrie mulligan enough to anyone she is a phenomenal actress i can't honestly think of a bad thing i've seen her in especially that one episode of doctor who that she's in which is my like favorite i'm episode. supposed to google who this is now because i what about the great gatsby did you like her in the great gatsby i loved her in the great gatsby i actually i had a conversation with a student today about the great gatsby and i was like i like the great gatsby it was actually a pretty good movie i just want boz lerman to learn that like his shtick is getting old and I don't need it all the time. He, he needs to learn that a shot can last for more than three seconds. That's yeah, what he really does need to learn. Absolutely. But I, I loved her in the great Gatsby. I loved her in honestly, if you haven't seen never let me go, it's, I haven't, it's phenomenal. It has her Kira Knightley. And I, I think it was the first movie I saw Andrew Garfield in. Um, Spider-Man. It's a, it's like a soft sci-fi movie about a world where uh, rich people make clones of themselves so that they can harvest their organs if they ever need them. The island. Yeah, it's like a good version of the <laughs> island. That's interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah, it's really good because instead of being a like hard sci-fi movie where they're all on an island together and they're all or like not on an island together but in this (laughs) compound together this one they're being raised as actual just normal people they all go to school together and it's they just think this is normal life and then they end up one day someone goes to the farm and never comes back 
Yeah, that's kind of it. That movie's great. Highly recommend. I I haven't like been I said, watching enough movies. I need to start rewatching movies. I love movies. movies. I know. I've heard. I don't really remember the last like new movie that I've even seen. Like I remember watching. Like I guess I watched stuff on like Disney Plus as it came along after Pixar releases and all that. Like I watched Onward and I watched Soul. I guess I was watched new. Soul. Soul uh, was great. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh. Um. I watched Mulan, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Soul Soul was interesting. Like I it was pleasant, but it definitely wasn't like I don't know. I I, I enjoyed Onward more than Soul, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I actually think I came down the other way. I think I liked Soul more. Well, I've only seen Onward, so Onward's clearly better. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Probably this more. is the hill that I die on. I refuse to record any more podcasts with you guys. That's fine. That's fine. Podcast's over. It was a good run. We had a good six-season uh, run. Yeah, 70 episodes. Yeah. Well, 71. This is the 71st. Well, yeah. Well, this this would be the 72nd, the 72nd episode, episode. Yeah, you're because right. of episode zero. Because no, wait, fuck we had, That's why. We had an episode that was like 60-something B, B or something, 63 right? 63B so or 62B. This is actually episode 70. Three. Oh my god Ugh. the numbering of just, our show you could just time jump this to 73 and just number it that way and then have the other two numbers missing and you'd be caught back up <laughs> it's true it's true it means we're only two away from 75 75 best favorite top five favorite albums coming up oh we should actually talk about that um while i'm thinking about that so did we talk have we mentioned that 75 is going to be albums yet is this the official announcement for that uh brian as a super fan yeah do you you know that we've talked about that on the besides what we mentioned on the talked about explicitly 75 but you definitely talked about wanting to switch things up to albums Okay. At some point. So episode 75 is going to be our top five favorite albums. So similar to what we did last time, if anyone wants to email in with what your favorite album is, or if you want to send an audio file of you talking about what your favorite album is, uh, we will be sure to include those in the episode. Um, you have Man, until... What a great idea for an episode. Right. It's not a bad I one. mean, to have like people like send in stuff or, like early on a specific topic, that's I know. so great. Didn't we do that for the last one? We did. Yeah, you did it for a bunch we, of we, them. We've done it for the and other like, two. Exactly. Those episodes have always been great. Yeah, yeah we've, we've done it for the other two that we did, but we just haven't announced that we're doing this one yet. So I'm just right. reiterating for those who... Oh, yeah. uh, Sorry that, to cut you off. That we're, ...that we're doing this. So please uh, feel free to email however or send in however you want uh, your top favorite album. Or if you're Peter, an album you have listened to. Um, <laughs> no refunds podcast at gmail.com. We also, I don't know, I didn't talk to you and Tiffany about this, but we also have a Spotify playlist that has our albums on it. I don't know if we want to share that with the listeners. Yeah, we could. Do you want to do that before the hand? We can, yeah, we can do that with, with, with the episode beforehand, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That, that would be cool. That way, if people want to, they can listen to the albums before we talk about them. But um don't we also have i don't know if anybody actually uses it still but for a while we had a shared like a collaborative playlist we, for no refunds did. in general yeah um and i would love to like 
go back and revisit that and add to it like at some point yeah what i am not oh. familiar with this at all like what, <laughs> so seriously there, there's a no refunds playlist that brian created called no refunds in a sharon mood i think is what it's called and it was just kind of a community driven playlist where people would just add random songs onto this playlist and there was a point in time where i would just put it on and put it on shuffle just to experience yeah. new songs that i'd never heard before i don't know oh. that more than like four people really ever used it i think it was like cat billy uh it's like jess Corey, maybe i added two songs to it i know i added a bunch i've never heard of this i will add some songs as long as oh, you guys I are fine with me adding some of the bullshit songs that i like yeah i added yeah, three absolutely. songs one of them everyone should be able to guess uh my dick come on oh, yeah. my dick my dick this no. is definitely showing its age a little bit this is like two years old a song more. that you like a daft punk song come on man a david <laughs> bowie greatest, song okay. the greatest song ever written can i give a hint we didn't start the fire i once i once emailed you guys with all the lyrics in this song. oh uh was it was it smash mouth all-star no no what did you email us with everything okay so here i am oh yeah 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 okay okay i gotcha 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 goldfinger uh, i gotcha 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 it's all i needed it's all i needed was the the first first line yeah speaking of goldfinger which is a band which played uh had their music in a very famous game tony hawk's pro skater tony hawk's pro skater is a video game uh brian that, that you can play multiplayer with your friends brian and alex have you two been playing a multiplayer game together that you would like to talk about how was that for a fucking transition that was dog shit, and I hated every second of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been playing Monster Hunter World. No, I was talking Stardew. Not. We we are we are not fucking talking about that game again. No, I know. I really don't want to spend sixty more dollars to play with you guys on PC because that's how much I think it would cost to buy that game. Uh, yeah, it might go on sale, but yeah, it, yeah. it goes on sale fairly frequently at this point. Yeah. Uh, but will it be on with, sale before the new one comes out? Yeah, with the advent mm. of Rise, it'll probably go on sale when Rise comes out. I would yeah, guess Lunar New Year, maybe, but otherwise it'll be when Rise. Isn't Lunar New Year happening, or am I just making that up because of Overwatch? I mean, the Lunar New Year of uh, event in Overwatch is happening, but Lunar yeah. New Year is soon. Yeah, oftentimes it's also called like Golden Week, it, it, and that's like. A big time for sales it's in, a big holiday in japan the entire week they yeah. take it all off i remember China, because, japan vietnam yeah yeah because yep. i remember they would always not produce a new naruto chapter during golden week and it made me very sad <laughs> alex so brian and i have been playing video games together and much to my chagrin brian likes to play games that i don't really like <laughs> You don't have to, you're not required wow. by law to play with him, you know? No, no, no. I actually enjoy playing these games when I'm playing with him, which is the weird thing. Um, so, uh, when when did the update come out? Like early January? It was. Um, good question. So, I think it was in the new year. 
so we started playing Stardew Valley because a new update 1.5 came out question mark fill in date here because we're we're really good at fact checking ourselves I, I, um, I gave thumbs up on the other facts that you said um, about oh, the years. So those were so, correct. So I didn't feel the cool. need to re, to to correct you on them. I will look up January, right now. January okay. 22nd. It looks like throughout January because it got a lot of small patches that all added up. Right. Didn't he do like a mega hot fix on one? Sorry, moving on. Continue. So yeah, yeah so, this was a huge patch. Oh, it was a, it was actually right before Christmas. And then like the the mini patches added all the extra okay yeah yeah so so just before christmas of 2020 the year that will not be mentioned um concerned ape the developer of stardew valley released a fairly sizable patch that added a bunch of new fun stuff Mm -hmm. and brian had started playing like on your own i remember watching you play a little bit on a farm that was not with me and then we created a farm together you me and billy and we kind of just went off just playing stardew valley together and we would play every night just kind of at first it was about getting to the new stuff yeah just checking out yeah but at the same time it was just me kind of refamiliarizing myself with the concept of stardew valley and experiencing parts of the game that i never experienced before because the first time i played the game i was just like i only want to mine and fish and i'm not going to do anything else and this time around i was like i think the first day i was like guys i'm not going to only mine and then the next day i went into the mines and and you guys were like i thought you weren't going to mine and i was like oh shit but it was really fun to newly experience the farming, the foraging, the relationship part of the game. But really, the the island stuff, so Ginger Island is brand new to the game, was brand new to both of us. And it was really fun to experience that with you, where we're both trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and what we're supposed to be doing. But it was in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. And we're, we're still playing. Not quite as frequently because we started playing Monster Hunter Worlds. <laughs> but <laughs> it's and, been a lot Magic of fun. The Gathering, yeah. Well, I haven't been playing Magic the Gathering, but you have. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's been good. It, I mean, I've always had an attraction to those types of games ever since the first Harvest Moon back on snes um i think the one that i spent the most time with growing up was harvest moon 64 um and then like i think i played at least a few hours of almost every single iteration from that point forward and like stardew stardew when it first came out um i was actually not that big a fan of like i I thought it was great for like what it was but there were better options at the time. Like uh, Story of Seasons came out, I think around the same time or before Stardew became widely available. And Story of Seasons was, I think my favorite of those games since probably Harvest Moon 64. Um, And then, 
you know, eventually Stardew has gotten patch after patch after patch. And like when when we say this patch is big, it's like, you know, nine custom music tracks, new quests, a bunch of new characters, a bunch of new art, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like a lot of work went into it and they've been doing that for years. Um, so Stardew has definitely gotten to be something much more than it was when it launched. So if you haven't played it in a while, I would encourage you to go revisit it and challenge yourself with one of the new farm layouts or something like that, you know, just to, to play it. And if one of the most appealing things about it is co-op play, um, especially where you can't like sit together to play other games, uh, you know, being able to play online is awesome. So, yeah, I I was going to say like, one of the things that has kept driving me to play this game is the fact that I'm playing with somebody else. And I know we've had this conversation while we were playing, but I wanted to reiterate it. Like one of the cool things about this game is there's so many different things that you can do. There's, there's fishing, foraging, uh, farming, uh, just doing relationshipy stuff, doing mining stuff. There's yeah, all collecting. This stu- yeah. There's all this stuff that you can be doing. And it's kind of overwhelming when you're playing solo because you kind you have to choose what you're going to do that day. You have to go, I'm going to dedicate this day to just farming. Whereas when you're playing multiplayer, uh, especially since we were in discord together, it could be like, I would say, Hey, tomorrow I'm going to go fishing because we both need a puffer fish for this quest. So I'll try and catch us both the puffer fish what are you going to do? And you would just be like, Oh, I'm going to go cut down trees. And I'd be like, cool, we have a plan. So it always felt like progress was being done in multiple avenues because we were both there. So I never felt stilted in that way that I did playing solo where I was just like, man, I don't want to farm right now. Like, (laughs) and I know that's what I need to do tomorrow. So I would just not play until I felt like doing the farming portion. Whereas when I'm with you, one of us was bound to be like, yeah, I'll farm or yeah, I'll go to the mines. Yeah. So you feel a lot less bad about just like blowing an entire day talking to Linus or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I know, I know Dwight asked this earlier before we started recording, I am married to Emily and we have That's the two, blue hair one, right? That is the blue hair one. We have two wonderful children together, Cal Pal and I've already forgotten the girl's name because she was born the last time we played and I've only had her for a day. And Brian? Uh yeah, it's been good. Who, who are you married to? Oh, um Abigail. There you go. That's the and redhead you know. one, right? Nope. No. No. Purple. Purple. Purple hair. Oh, and, purple hair. And what are It's because kids... she has a Chrono Trigger poster. That's what are a good your kids' reason. names? In her room. What? In her what room. Are your kids' and... names? Oh gosh. Uh, Zumbus and. <laughs> Zumbus and Jumbus. <laughs> I don't remember the other one. It, it's Zumbus and something. That's all, those are good names. Oh, it was a. Uh... Oh, what was it? It was. Char. Oh. Yeah, you called her Charlize Char or, Char. or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. It's something along those lines. But anyway. yeah, in in terms of the new content, it's been really great because 
there's an island farm where you can grow literally anything you want, which we just turned into an ancient fruit factory <laughs> where we're, we just planted all a ancient vineyard. fruit. A vineyard is what Brian <laughs> likes to call it. Um, there is a mine there that you can enchant your weapons and your uh, like uh, tools. Yeah, it's kind of neat. There's like a neat barter system. There's a yep. bunch of new materials to make new clothing out of. You get to see new sprites for all the characters and their bathing suits and stuff, which is hilarious, yep. you know. Yeah, there's there's an island resort that we built by yeah. collecting all these golden walnuts. And now people come and wear their bathing suits. And I tell my wife how beautiful she is when she's in her b- bikini. <laughs> Sounds like a real horn dog game. Uh, no. shoot Larry. Uh no. Uh, funny nope. story about that. This is this is a little bit of a throwback. When we were playing Harvest Moon '64, um, I don't know if you remember this, Dwight, but like there was uh there were articles I think on like early early video game review websites um, that we printed from school like school printers that were like talking about the game and reviewing it. <laughs> It's ridiculous that that sounds, but I remember I doing that with games. I don't remember. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got in trouble for one of those for Harvest Moon '64 because I remember printing it off and bringing it to my parents to be like, "Hey, can I get this game for Christmas or whatever it was?" I don't remember exactly, and they were like, "Okay, we'll we'll take a look." And blah blah blah. They read the article in the in that article. At, at the time, I didn't know what this meant because I was like. I think I think it was earlier than middle school. I think it was like ninety seven. There was reference to it's a game about getting laid. (laughs) (laughs) And and so my parents were like, Do you know what this means? And at the time I was like, Nope. I don't know what that means. And then they were like, So what do you do in this game? And like I tried to explain it to them. You know, I was like, You get married and like And you're fireman. Yeah. And like it's funny to me that that's the game that I got like not in trouble trouble but like they questioned it yeah. well like in the meantime i'm certain we were playing like more violent games than that yeah, we were playing golden since, axe like, and like streets yeah, of rage like streets of rage yeah things yeah. where people are like, literally beating the shit out of each other and like bloods everywhere like yeah like mortal Kombat was out before that point yeah. i don't like, think either of us had it but that. yeah yeah, but oh, but man. the the little cute dating farming sim is the one right. that well, I I think in, they were like concerned about. Yeah. I think in general, unless you're like, you know, unless you've played a bunch of games, hearing someone say like it's a dating sim or it's like a relationship simulator has yeah. that inherent level of like, what the fuck are you doing with this? Like, <laughs> it, it can be a little creepy or a little weird. I can understand that from like an outsider's perspective, when sure. like when you're in the moment you're like well i'm a farmer and i'm here and like i've connected with this town and obviously you're gonna you're gonna form connections with the townspeople and then like the marriage is just a natural part of it and it's like really cute seeing the little cutscenes and being like oh this person yeah, you're just playing great. a role yeah exactly um i love stardew valley i haven't played the new um the new update i played i got it on the playstation a while ago gina got it for me for christmas and then i rebought it last year probably towards the end of the year and i ended up putting the second most amount of hours into it last year of any game that i played like i put a lot of time into it uh i really like stardew um but i just had i burnt myself out on it at this point because i got i like mm. not didn't rush through but i did the, the two years and i got my like got my good 
farm and everything like that. So this new update sounds really cool, though. So I'll, yeah, have, to, I'll have to go back to it at some point. I don't know if it's out for consoles yet, but something to to take note of is that it also has um, split screen multiplayer, yep. uh, which is, I think, new to this patch. So if you're looking to play it like with Tiffany or whatever, I don't know if she's into those types of games, but it, it might be an option there. It's good to know will probably never happen, but um, <laughs> she bought it on Switch when it was on sale. She just hasn't fired it up yet. I think she would enjoy oh. it. Um, I, I'm, I have it on Switch. Oh. I could play it. Oh, I offered to play it with her, and she and got really... She said no. Uh, that's why I'm saying no, it's probably yeah. never going to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I also think that that would be a game where she would have to play through it first on her own, because from what I understand, the multiplayer is... I don't want to say it's unforgiving, but it it rewards knowing what you're doing. Uh, whereas in the other game, if you pause it and go into a menu, time doesn't continue. Yeah. So you can mm-hmm. like take a take a step back and kind of like collect and figure out what you're going to do next, as opposed to yeah. in multiplayer, yeah. it's just fucking go. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some truth to that. Yeah. And, uh, but I never played the original harvest moon. I only ever played harvest moon 64 at your house, Brian. And I really loved it. Uh, it's interesting. You mentioned story of seasons. So I don't know if you're, are you familiar with the fuckery of the Harvest Moon copyright? Yes. Yeah, it, it's fucking weird. So, like, Story of Seasons is what the Harvest Moon franchise is called in Japan. So, yep. um, at some point, I think it was Natsume lost yep. the license to that. I might be fucking up the companies. Are they so, the, are they the ones that still have that? Or yeah, so Natsume held the license and refused to give up the name Harvest Moon That's to the actual creator of the Harvest Moon games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the actual creator of the Harvest Moon games started making the story of seasons games and publishing them in the u.s as that while natsume started making the harvest moon games that all suck from that point forward when they took over the license i remember playing a harvest moon game later and being like what is this this it was so bad i had no idea what was going on and so like when i then found out about you know like rune factory and story of seasons and like the stuff they're actually made by the right people that that's good when you you were saying before that um story of seasons came out around the time are you talking about like friends of mineral town are you talking about trio of towns uh or just straight up story um, of seasons yeah the ds game story of seasons uh was felt like a similar time frame to when people were all talking about stardew valley gotcha that was 2014 so i don't it's possible because stardew valley's been around for a while at this point because it was originally um like a pc early access game if i'm not mistaken um so yeah it's been around for a bit a bit stardew valley man the it's interesting the the number of fan made games that have either paid homage to or have or have surpassed the original um is definitely increasing at this point. I, I think Undertale is another good example of that. Like the guy, uh, Toby Fox, I think his name is, um, started off making Earthbound mods, and now he's making mm-hmm. full-blown games like that. It's really cool yep. that there's a space for um, creative design in that way. Uh, and it's always disheartening when you see a company like Nintendo shut down a fan-made project as opposed to somebody like, um, I think the Sega people with Sonic Mania, the people who created Sonic Mania were making Sonic mods 
and the mm-hmm. uh, Sega found out about it and they're like, hey, just come and work for us and make yeah, just make hired, a Sonic. I game. think his name is Chris Whitehead. Yeah, the guy yes, who did that Sonic sounds right. Mania. Yeah. yeah, and it's just awesome. Like that, more companies need for to do sure. things like that. Like people who have a passion and care about their games. Shocker, Sonic Mania was one of the best Sonic games, probably since Sonic and Knuckles. Like it's, yeah. it was so good. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's my favorite of the 2D Sonic games, which I, you know, I I didn't have as much nostalgia for the originals as uh, as a lot of people, but yes, Alex. Yes, Alex. I'm trying to remember the name of that other Sonic game that isn't a Sonic game. Forbidden Freedom, Planet. Freedom Planet. Yeah. yeah Freedom yeah. Planet. Forbidden yeah. Planet's a movie. Freedom yeah. Planet. Yeah, if you, if you like classic too. 2D Sonic games, go play Freedom Planet. It's cheap, I'm sure. I had but, it on the yeah. Wii U, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it was a good game. In in the realm of like co-op games, in general, if people are looking for more community-based co-op games or co-op games to play, um, we're always happy to, you know, at least I, I can speak for, for Alex and myself. I, you know, we're always looking for people to to, to play co-op stuff with, so absolutely you know, throw, I, throw out ideas i i do have a minecraft server that i can like try and set up for people if they decide they want to do a minecraft thing but yeah yeah i, I have never played minecraft i don't i don't know what you do <laughs> the most closest i've gotten Legos. is smash brothers you mine and you craft that's yep. pretty much it's just, it it's just digital legos that's all i i love <laughs> like I love playing co-op games with Brian because usually they're games that I nor I wouldn't play on my own. And it's fun getting insight into the games that he enjoys and why they're fun. Mm-hmm. Um, because like now we're playing Monster Hunter World together and anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that I'm not a huge fan of that game <laughs> from the first time we played it. But even the first time we played it, I put in like 150 hours and we're already on that that course again. It's just I love Monster Hunter. Co-op games, man. They they're a hell of a drug. <laughs> I'm so yeah, I'm so bad at playing co-op to... games. I, I've really I don't do them like at all anymore. It's really only when so, like I don't know, just retro games are the only times I ever really played co-op. Yeah, couch couch co-op stuff yeah. is very different yeah in general i i've found co-op games a great way to to stay and feel connected during 2020 (laughs) yeah we we haven't even talked about the other co-op game we played a bunch recently brian oh yeah golf with your friends (laughs) is that co-op i don't think so absolutely it's (laughs) co-op yeah but yeah that's that's been a fun little laugh too oh it's such a for like 10 bucks or whatever it was yeah just honk on a few mini golf courses and it's, call it a day it's yeah. so funny like every time we play and we've gotten pretty big groups like six people to play together it's it's a lot of fun and it's just silly and stupid and i love it mm-hmm. yep we went hard on that game for like a week yeah, I mean, I would still go back to it if it, if it was a group of people. Uh, we never really even dove into uh, to party mode. <laughs> yeah. I would like to get Dwight to play with us. I've played 14 minutes of it, according to Steam. Because I, w- I went in and I, I fucked around with it a little bit to see how it worked. So that way, if I ever did play with you guys, I wouldn't look look the total fool. Oh, uh, we, um, we all look like total fools every time we play. 
yeah, even not, though we know what we're doing. If you're not honking like a fool, then you ain't playing, right? Yeah. You gotta always full honk. So no refunds, uh golf with friends tournament. Is that what Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, it'll happen right after our um our extremely coordinated magic draft. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, which which will happen right after our uh, Alex dating show. Uh, it's ah, going to be amazing. The bachelor, yes, no refunds. Yes, bachelor. Yes. It's going to be a it's going to be a a banner year for no refunds. Is it? <sighs> so uh, that was a good episode. <laughs> Unless you guys have anything else you want to really talk about, or. I don't think I have anything to talk about. I mean, nothing really. Just uh, that the moon is haunted. Uh, Oh yeah, I've heard a rumor about the moon being haunted. (laughs) What's up with the moon, Brian? Uh, I'll explain it to you when you're old. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Dad. Is it all those rockets that Wall Street bets have taken to the moon? Oh, stonks! Watch the bars go up. (laughs) Stonks! What a ridiculous thing that happened. That yeah. is a thing that happens. It happened, and I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that it happened. Stonks, man. Stonks happens. So awesome. So thank you very much for uh, listening to this episode of No Refunds. Uh, we are a Nonsensical Ramblings podcast. Oh, my uh, you God. You can find us at nonsensicalramblings.podcast.blogspot.com. Whoa, uh, whoa, it's a GeoCity site. Whoa, it was non-ram.blogspot.com. It probably still exists. Go check it out. Um, yep. Uh, you can email us at norefundspodcast at gmail.com. You can join the Discord server. It's a link in the description. Uh, and thank you for listening. The sound, you're, the sound you are listening to is the Hyper Potions uh, playing bleeps and bloops. And we will talk. Uh, time to- trials. Time trials, time trials by, by the hyper motions. Yeah. We will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 I feel bad for all of Dwight's mistakes. I don't. I feel like most of them he has made with my advice. <laughs> Or you've been in the room. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. happened. Oh, wait, you were in the room where it happened? Yes. I want to be in the room where it happens. Nope. Well, you were in the room. You just weren't on the stage. Oh. <laughs> it's a wedding joke. It's Remember wedding when I was joke. in your wedding party? I don't. <laughs>